You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rao Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first. Very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack a baby? What's crack a It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Happy New Year to you and yours, and welcome to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio is best. Of course, I'm J. Rouse. Thank you so much for being here. It's the first show of 2020. Hope you guys had a very safe New Year and uh, holiday season, but now it's time to get back on the grind, and this is our first uh, show of the New Year. Now, before I go any further, this is not some new thing we're doing in 2020. This is the result of already... We're having technical difficulties in 2020, the very first show. So I hope that this is not a sign of things to come. But we felt that it was important for us to come on the air, so we're going to use some old breaks so you won't be calling the time zone. Uh, But, uh, yeah, so that's what we're doing this morning. So we apologize for the technical difficulties, but we wanted you to hear these voices in 2020. And also, before I move on, uh, on a more sombering note, uh, we're going to ask for thoughts and prayers for Mr. Elias. He's going through something for a personal standpoint i'm not going to get ahead of it i'm going to let him make that announcement but you know at the end of the day we may be democrat 
Republican, Independents, or whatever you want to call yourselves. But you know, but most importantly, we're human beings, and you know, we're God's children. So we're praying for them, and uh, we ask that you do the same as well. Now, as always, uh, I tell you the crew's back, and let me bring them in. First up, my big sis, uh, she always brings it to you from a southern type of slang thing. CNN, uh, well, let me change that. She's an avid MSNBC watcher and CNN watcher as well. Let's bring her in. Happy New Year and to say good morning to the very lovely Miss Vanessa Maybelli from the Mackinelli. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Good morning, everybody. Happy New Year to you. And I'm sorry to hear about Les, but I will definitely put some prayers out when I go to church um, this morning for him and his family on his first Sunday. So I hope everybody came into the new year without a lot of problems or issues and everybody's healthy and safe. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. Uh, also, the man who I call the educated brother, the man who really joined the staff last year, uh, nothing but positive comments about the addition of this man to the staff, a man that's given Mr. Jerome Street a run from his money, a brother that is always articulate in the way he expresses himself. And I'm telling you, his knowledge has gone a long way. Some of the emails I've gotten about this man has been outstanding. He's here for 2020, full slate starting from the very beginning let's bring in my little brother from another mother the one and only johnny d good morning sir how are you and happy new year good morning good morning uh i am truly blessed uh glad to see 2020 uh this new year and my my heart goes out to les and 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 his family um like i said don't know the the specifics and the details so i'm looking forward to to getting a chance to speak with him but uh it's good to be back uh on the show uh, a lot of things have, have transpired as it typically do through the course of the week and we're certainly blessed to be here in the new years and and jay uh you, you have once again elevated me beyond uh, where i should stop. be so stop. let me just take this time to to, to, to come down and and, and humble myself, um, but I, I, I am I'm just honored that that you all have allowed me to be part of the contributors in, in this in this podcast or broadcast. Uh, you all are professionals at this and been doing it for a long period of time. So you all have educated me and allowed me an opportunity to learn. And um, like I say, I am just elated uh, and, and blessed to be here. Hey, man, you know what? Listen, ditto. It goes back and forth. What you bring to the table, man, is uh, just irreplaceable. And the bottom line is, you know, people are like, where has he been all this time? I'm like, well, hey, you know, look, I had to find him after 30 years, but he's here. And so now it's a beautiful thing. So I appreciate you. You know how much I love you. The number is 347 The smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome, usually joins us after his commitment to Clip Channel Radio. But until then, we hold it down, and we have a lot to talk about. Uh, we wanted to introduce do some new things this year, and I'm going to tell you about it. We're going to try to go through some of these things uh, during the course of the show. Unfortunately, uh, none of the sound will be there, but that's okay. We'll get it together. Hopefully, we'll be back full, uh, all our arsenals and all our weapons in place uh, next week. All right, uh, listen, uh, a lot to talk about. Hope you Once again, I hope you guys had a very uh, safe new year. Uh, hopefully, you know, 2019 for some of us wasn't a good year. Some of it was. But, you know, hopefully 2020 will, you know, take you to a whole different level. And, you know, that's my prayers 
for you, our listening audience. Now, Mr. Elias is not here, so that means the chat room is not open, unfortunately, uh, because I can't do the chat room and do this and do that. And blah, blah, blah. So anyway, so if you hear our voice, that's great. If, uh, you know, just listen to the show. That's all you have to do. Unfortunately, you, we can't chat with you. Uh, and because the chat room is not open, that means I have to give equal footing you know, we'll equal opportunity provider around here. So if the chat room is not open, we can't hear from those people, then obviously the social media sites that we monitor throughout the course of the show, uh, unfortunately we will not be able to read any, any of those comments. But we do have the big three. That's Kavina Man, the pastor, and Murray and the Music. Now, we make exceptions for those three. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw easy from the other side of the aisle on that as well. So here for those three, but anyone else will apologize for that. All right, so listen, a lot has happened in the last week. A lot has happened in the past 24 hours, to be perfectly honest with you. Let's start off where everyone expects us to start off with. Uh, we're going to start off with what happened with uh, what's going on with Iran. Uh, you know, Once again, we have a president that's in the Oval Office who has no clue on what he's doing. And here's the thing that makes it so frightening for me. I don't think Americans really, I don't think they understand what's going on. And let me tell you something. This is what we do. I mean, I eat and breathe this stuff. I took a week off from looking at anything. And to be perfectly honest with you, I didn't notice I didn't notice any change any you know, anything happening in the atmosphere. I didn't see anything that was going on ridiculous. I mean, it was like a normal day. It was like just living my life. So if people are not plugged in, they're not going to know what's going on uh with this whole thing. And uh and that's the scary part because this guy's making decisions that, uh, man, I mean, we're on the brink of war with Iran. So let, let me start off with you, Vanessa. You know, they killed uh, the top Iranian general. Uh, you know, they had an airstrike. They killed this man. Now, first of all, this guy authorized for, uh, deadly force, uh, military use, uh, uh, without uh, consulting with Congress. He talked to some of his buddies, you know, uh, Lindsey Graham which is ridiculous, but they have what we call the, the, the eight, and he didn't get in contact with any of those guys. Uh, and also, word has it is that he was bragging about this to his buddies at Mar-a-Lago, saying, hey, something real big is about to happen. Tune in, you know, keep your phones on. Or, I mean, what type of nonsense is this? He, he could tell his friends at, at his uh, resort. He could call a couple of Republicans, but he didn't call that one Democrat. He did not notify the Gang of Eight. The Gang of Eight are the eight senators and representatives, congresspeople, I should say, that the president usually confers with and consults with before he authorizes the use of deadly force. This guy is a maniac. What do you think about what's going on, and where do you think this is going to do for the U.S.-Iranian relationship now that this guy has you know, killed their top guy and and you know, removed us from the, uh, the the agreement, the arms agreement. What do you think about this whole thing, Vanessa? Jay, I was like you. I kind of uh, tuned everything out and said that I wasn't going to post anything about Donald Trump. I have anything to say about Donald Trump over the Christmas, uh, New Year holiday. I, I I didn't pay any attention, but. When I woke up, I immediately thought about you and Johnny D. I'm not lying, I did. I said, oh, I bet you they are having a fit. Because we were, fin- we're getting ready to go into a war. I mean, this man killed the general, not one of his other people or somebody. He, that's like coming over there blowing up the White House. I mean, he put so many people 
lives at risk. Tourists, people that's just over there, all kind of Americans. I mean, I immediately just thought about you guys. I said, I just know that Jay and Johnny D is, I did. I said, it's having a fit. I, I just, I couldn't believe it. I started to text you, but I said, no. I just can't believe he did this. I can't believe he put this country. But but most important, let me say this and let Johnny D go ahead and, and take it. This is what I said. Because, you know, my daughter's in all gas and sand and all of that, Jay. So I asked my daughter, I said, what's going to happen with the job? With the oil and the gas, now that Iran is in a fight with us, and they can stop any of our ships or anything else that comes through Iran, they can go in and seize them. And my daughter said, Mama, thank God Obama set it up where we're pretty much set on our own with gas. And I didn't realize that. When they were just, just said, my daughter said, that they were having a fit with Obama about setting up us to be fracking. My husband says it's called fracking. And, yep. and now it's going to help us while we're fighting with Iran. So kudos to Obama for setting us up for the future. Because now this fool that messes up with Iran and the oil and gas and stuff that's over there. Yeah, you know, you know the thing is, economists say say that uh, you know, in order for the economy to flow, you have to get into a good scrimmage every ten years. I remember that was the thing when I first joined the military, because what that does is it replenishes the economy. There's more demand for certain things that are needed during wartime, uh, you know. And obviously, this this move, uh, you know, even though a lot of U.S. Uh, a lot of uh, military personnel and people who are in the know says, you know, at the end of the day, this is, you know, really him being gone, it, we, don't, we won't shed any tears because he's responsible for killing Americans and things of that nature. But, you know, both Bush and Obama really had opportunities to take him out, but they thought about it and says, you know what, maybe we shouldn't do this because of the consequences that could uh, that could come from this. So, so, so there have been opportunities. Now, this, what this does is this, um, this, makes the, the demand of oil goes up a little bit so this is good for the oil and gas industry uh but like you said you know the u.s i think is now the larger producer of of, of crude and so uh, you know i think that's one of the reasons why oil and gas companies were going off because they were like you know what you're doing is you're you're bringing down the price of oil by producing it here in the united states but johnny d she you know beautiful segue into you man so let's uh let's talk what do you think man i know from a strategic standpoint from a from military standpoint you know give me your thoughts on what happened with uh what do you think, man, about this man making these crazy, you know, impulse decisions and the fact that he tells people at his, uh, you know, at his uh, uh, resort that, hey, keep, you know, keep your eyes peeled for the news. It, it, it's unbelievable, to be honest with you, unbelievable. You know, it, I, I'm saddened for And I'm sorry, good morning, Johnny the, Good morning, Miss Vanessa, good morning. I'm, I'm saddened for all of the families over the past 30 years since 1990 when Desert Storm came about. America has opted to be combative with the Middle Eastern countries. And you think about all of the lives that have been lost and all of the blood that has been shed. And now the pattern continues. Next year will be 20 years from 
and we are still in conflict in the Middle East. Now, if, if one would think that Iran is not going to come with a full vengeance, we are sadly mistaken. We, we've heard the rhetoric uh, from the Ayatollah. We've heard the rhetoric from the, the, the prime minister, and they have indicated that there's going to be some retaliation. So once again, you're going to see senseless, senseless bloodshed and acts of violence from not only the, the terrorist groups, but also planned attacks by the government officials within the military. Now, on top of that, as the relationship starts to somewhat moderate with, with, with Iraq, we decide that we're going to impose our will on the lands of a sovereign nation, which is somewhat considered an ally. And when, when you think about the, the second gentleman that was killed, Abu Muhammad, he was a high-ranking official in the Iraqi army. So now oh boy, I didn't know that. alienated yourself, oh yes, with Iran and plus Iraq who's sitting there uh, in, in the embassies and they're sitting there, uh, you know, have, having diplomatic talks in regards to, okay, you know, not only did you attack in, in Iraq, but you killed one of uh, one of our leaders. And I, I, I think I saw on the news where the the drone was launched from Kenya. And if that's so, then now look at how they have taken a a African country, an African nation, and now they have put them in conflict with Iran simply because Iran will now look at them as, as an active ally. So the world is, has gotten less safe because of this action. And as, as, as you was alluding to, Jay, uh, in regards to the violation of this criminal, once again, not to communicate this act of war, because that's what it is, with Congress is a direct violation against congressional law and law itself in the due process. Now, this guy was a bad actor, okay? So there, there, there's no one that, that sees this as, as something damning in regards to what he has done in comparison to his, his soul life being lost. But what we must understand is this right here is the beginning of conflict with literally the entire Middle East. Now let's go back a couple of months ago where in Syria this criminal pulled nearly 4,000 I think it was nearly 400 um, American soldiers, special force soldiers who was training uh, the Kurds but also yep. if you think that the element of the ISIS that was those thousand plus ISIS members who was let out of prison. I, I think the last time I saw something on it, and then of course he changed the narrative. They said at least 600 of them was no longer there. Now I, I haven't kept up with it uh, as, as much as I, I will over the next couple of weeks. But these individuals have, have infiltrated themselves into the, these countries as, as well. So you know, this, this is this is a troubling time, and for those individuals like the Lindsey Graham's and the, those Republican uh, 
individuals who sit there staunchly and act like uh, this is, you know, this this is favorable. You know, it, it saddens me that they don't value the lives of their constituents and the constituents' children, because typically their their, their children will probably do as as Donald Trump has done, which is found his way some some um, some waivers to get out of the military combat, but rev up the troops. You know, I, I looked at our local news here and I saw all of those 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 family members, you know, sending off the 82nd Airborne, which is typical. And and you know, I don't I didn't see anything inspired. I didn't see anybody get aboard those 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 planes and stuff, looking as if this is a, a just cause. And of course, what's even more sadder, Jay, and and, and, I, and I, I'll, I'll turn it over. I just want to say this point right here. You know. I recall one of the persons that I most admire, General Colin Powell, when he was the Secretary of State. And, and I remember an interview where he said that all of those individuals who provided him the intel to say that there was weapons of mass destruction in, in Iraq, he said he wanted them to be in the shop. So when he sat there and went before Congress, he wanted them to be there. Not at the time did he necessarily doubt it, but he said, look, you all have provided me this intel. I want y'all to be in the shot. So that way everybody can see that this is a, a, a unified effort. Now, we know that we misrepresented the truth during that time. And George Bush was typically more ethical than this guy. Now he sits there and says that there was a tax already planned from Suleimani. We can't believe that information because he is such a liar that you can't even begin to believe that that was true. And that's what's sad about this era in American politics and the office that this criminal is currently occupying and holding hostage is that when that voice speaks, he speaks for the entire sovereign world, and he should be ethical, but America has fallen such from grace because of this guy here that when he speaks and he tells everybody that, you know what, this was preemptive, I, I, I prevented you know American casualties and, and strikes against America planned by this guy right here, I wonder how many people really believe that. Because of the numerous yeah. lies that he has told, the numerous lies that, 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 that the Republican Party has supported. It's a sad day, and my heart goes out for those individuals who have lost their lives over the last 30 years of conflict with the Middle East and those who will lose their lives in the upcoming months, days, and years. We're talking about a 50-year war because yep. now you have engaged with Iran, who has been chomping at the bit since 79 when Ayatollah Khomeini uh, took those hostages. Yeah. I think it was seventy eight, seventy nine. So yeah, in that time frame. That, that 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 they have that they have wanted to engage in, but they knew that the and see on top of all of this, think about the economic sanctions that have impoverished those Iranians. And then you pull out of the nuclear agreement. So even the ones who wanted that Western world, when you pull out of that that nuclear agreement, you know now they're sitting here saying, look here, you're starving us. Now you don't even want to do this. So now anybody who may have been somewhat favorable to America 
has to look at this right here and say, you know what? They have no soul. They have no mercy. And when they truly say death to America, those little faces that in that crowd, those little Mm. boys, those little girls will carry this through a lifetime with our children and our children's children. 50 years, 50 years, we will be at conflict in the Middle East because this won't end. This won't end. And, 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 and when it's all said and done, who is the chief negotiator now? Russia. Yeah, well, we already know. Donald yeah, we Trump already has know, set man. Russia up to be the negotiator of the Middle East because they've already started talking about holding diplomatic talks so that they can broker peace deals between America and Iran. So he set yep. Putin up to be the world leader, and that was his goal yep. from the onset. That was Putin's goal from the very beginning. You're absolutely correct about that. The fact that this guy is, you know, he is, you know, we have taken a, a, a backseat to uh, being the most dominant world power. We're being laughed at by a lot of nations. So, hey, man, good stuff. Exactly. But, but listen, at the top of the show, I talked about how I talk, I mentioned, you know, what was going on. I didn't, you know, I said Mr. Elias wanted us to give us his prayers. Uh, I didn't obviously tell you what was going on. Uh, and so let, let me uh, yield the floor to the man who gets the first and last last word here on the serious side he's uh just made his way into the house uh good morning mr elias happy new year and the floor is yours sir good morning uh good morning god happy new year um it's just been a it's a rough it's been a rough it's just been a a rough 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 night man so you know i'm just gonna leave it at that right now i just need you guys to pray for me man you know me and my family so we'll leave it at that no doubt, definitely. No doubt. I just sent a crap to Thank you, thank you. All right, uh, and also who joins us as the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spree's in the house as well. Uh, happy New Year, brother. Welcome into the show. Hey, Happy New Year, man. Hey, happy New Year, Jerome. Hey, Jerome. Right. Hey, guys. Hey. <laughs> Jerome, real quick, before we step out, man, I wanted to uh, uh, get your opinion on this thing. Uh, you know, Donald Trump, once again, has made a move that, you know, most of us are looking at, like, really, why did you do this? Why did you do it now? And here's the thing that's so ironic about this move. I remember uh, back in, I think it was 2014, he was ranting and raving saying, you know what, President Obama, or maybe it was in 2011, President Obama is going to start a war with Iraq during the re-election season, I mean with with Iran during the re-election season because he wants to get re-elected. Some weak person, he's a weak person that would do something like this. And, and you fast forward to 2019, and this is what's going on right now. I mean, I don't know if that was his reasons for doing it, but, you know, reports are is that he told people at his resort before he told the Gang of Eight, right, he told Lindsey Graham and some of his buddies in Congress. But, you know, once again, this guy is one of these guys who make decisions, impulsive decisions. He wants to yield around his weight because he's that type of person. And America just don't know how stupid and ignorant their votes were back in 2016 by putting this nutball in office. It is amazing to me. But I'm not surprised. And the reason why I'm not surprised, Jerome, is because I talked about it before you stepped in. I talked about how, you know, I, I just turned the news off for a week. 
And, you know, and it was like, okay, life was okay. I, you know, the, my, my house didn't burn down. I, my dog didn't bite me. It was okay. So if people, if nothing is affecting Americans, they're thinking all is good and, hey, this guy's doing a great job if they're not tuned in. But for those of us who are tuned in, I mean, this is crazy, man. Your thoughts on what he did this past week? Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have a, a happy um, perspective about any of this stuff. First of all, no, because no one should. You know, well, here's the thing: there are some people who are, and those are people who are war mongers, right? So, I, I know that he's dumb and all this other stuff. I mean, just very compulsive and. Um, have um, white supremacy issues and all this other stuff. I know that. The problem is, is that the people who were warmongers, even the John Boltons and the uh, Stephen Miller kind of people around him, again, the Nazi faction that's around him, um, are kind of, we're kind of egging that on. So they probably had a plan to do this anyway. And his only way out, you know, as far as some of the stories that came out on the day that he did it was for him again covering the fact that there's more information coming out about the stuff that he he was impeached on right before they go to the senate trial so they knew they were coming back this week and um so they made a move on this guy to take up the news cycle but politicians sometimes only think one and two years ahead they don't think about repercussions and white folks normally don't do that. That's the thing with colonizers generally, is that it's always a move that, that the moves that they make, they always think put fear in everybody, right? I can tell you that even in policing, when you do elections like mayor or county, exact, those kind of races, that they, their thought is, hey, if something happens in a poor community, we'll just hit them hard and that detours everybody else. And the truth is, that does not work, right? So I had a conversation about this earlier this week where um, someone who's thinking about running for office, you know, was having a conversation with me. And I told him that the issue is is that black people ain't scared of white folks. We ain't scared of y'all worth squat, right? But the theory is is that if we hit them hard, they'll be scared of us. I'm like, it's not an issue of being scared of somebody. The, the thing that people are forgetting is that if people, if you do something to somebody and they lose their fear of you, they're going to become really, really dangerous. So no matter how many black people you lock up when they get out, they're still not, nobody's scared of you. Right? So they think if you hit Iran or hit this guy, they're going to be scared of you. You can talk noise. We assassinated somebody. But what they just did um, on the national level is they hit an official state, like an official government, right, where you have to go through Congress to get approval for that. You can't just assassinate people. We're not talking about terrorists or organizations or, you know, ISIS or Al-Qaeda. You're not talking about groups. You're talking about a nation state. So the way, if if you don't know about how World War I and II started, um, I'll just do... Ferdinand was assassinated. Now, the reason that nobody knows who the hell he is is because once he was assassinated, then other states who were allies of theirs took a side and they started fighting. So you can take a shot at Iran if you want, but they have allies with China and Russia. 
So once you go to war with another nation, now you're going to have to call your allies. The United States can't even, we, we have bases all over the place, but we're not even trusted in those areas we have base, bases. So now you're going to have to call in France, Canada, Mexico. You're going to call in allies, and our allies don't like us because of that administration. Right? We're the one trying to blow up NATO. Now we're going to need our allies to help us. So the bigger problem that just happened, and it's very depressive, I was just saying earlier, that I didn't watch news the day that happened. I, I intentionally did not watch it because history tells us that it may not even be Iran that you have to watch out for. The Iran's U.N. ambassador released a statement and said, we are not responsible for, everybody, for, for the other groups who may take a shot at the U.S. because Iran has allies. So all those terrorist networks that everybody says Iran supports them or supports these guys in Qatar, supports these people over there, they are going to start taking shots at us. Right? We always don't think without repercussions. And so since you, don't, since you have a short-sighted, short um, attention span president, he put you in something when Americans start getting kidnapped all over the place, don't have little white kids on TV talking about how come people don't love us, how come people hate us. This kind of stuff is what makes that happen. So the fallout is going to be so harsh that people aren't going to be safe. So you can, I mean, if there's anything to rethink your vote over, I think a lot of security experts have speculated to begin with. We are lucky that we didn't have any real conflict since he's been in office, and he just created one. That's uh, you know what I tell you what that, you that, that is gonna... that is perfect. Can I ask him a question, Jay? Jerome. Hey, well, hold hold that thought, Vanessa. Let's, let, we got to step out real quick, Vanessa. Uh, Vanessa, no, hold no, on real quick. Okay. No, no, ask, ask it on the other point. side. Yeah, ask yeah. it on the other side. We're gonna step out, take a real quick break. On the other side, Vanessa has a question for Jerome, and uh, don't forget it now. I don't want you to lose your train of thought, but we gotta step out. We're over. All right, so it's brand new year, 2020. Uh, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Like I said at the top of the show, uh, did have some technical difficulties, so all the breaks we'll be using from previous shows. Hopefully, we'll get it scored away. We had some new stuff we wanted to introduce today as well, but that's okay. We have a whole year coming up to be able to introduce you to some of the new things we want to do. It's uh, the serious side. It's on a beautiful, beautiful. Sunday, a little crisp here in Houston, and uh, we'll be right back after this. You're listening to us. Oh, and uh, this week, we're going to play last week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, and I think it was important. It talks about how black parents have to prepare and have that difficult conversation with their black sons, black kids, especially boys, when they're confronted by the police. So it's worth a re-listen, and so we'll listen to it right now. And uh, we'll be right back after this. You're listening to The Serious Side on a beautiful Sunday. It's 2020. Happy New Year to you and yours. We'll be right back after this. This is unspoken code of white ra- of, of racism and white supremacy that says that my life does not matter. You can put yeah. your hands up and say and cooperate and say that I'm choking and still be killed and then there's no repercussion. It's maddening. I get so frustrated and angry um, about um, having to prepare my kids for something that 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 that, um, that they're not responsible for. And these are conversations that people of other races do not have to have with their children. The conversation with him was really just a. You're beautiful, 
Young boy. Being an African American is a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful blessing. You have come from great people. But it's also a hard thing. In America, because of your skin color, as a black boy and as a black man, we are going to be dealing with a lot of danger. Under no circumstance are you to talk to the police if you're arrested until I get there. Do what they say. Don't get into any arguments. Make sure your hands are out of your pockets so they can see. These are the questions you can ask. This is who to call. This is this is what happens if this bad thing thing is not like, please, master, don't whip me. No, it's like, excuse me, sir, what is your badge number? I'm going to film this. If you want police brutality to stop, if you want police to treat you like a human being, then you you have to see yourself as a human being. You have every right in this world that anyone else does. What I love about you as my son is I remember when we thought about having you and you know knowing that we wanted you and watching you grow. You are the Muhammad Ali, you are the Malcolm X, you are the Martin Luther King. You are an amazing young man and the future is yours. And I will do my best to make sure you're safe. Today, about one in five Americans is living with a disability. Over 50 million people, including many of our friends and neighbors, teachers and co-workers, heroes and leaders. 20 years ago, the Americans with Disabilities Act guaranteed every person the right to live, work, and participate fully in the American experience. We've come a long way since then, and we are committed to making even more progress in the years ahead. Visit disability.gov to see how you can help. And look, this is the same thing they did to Barack. Yes. This is this is not new to us, and so I think that um, we know what they're trying to do. It's a serious side. Happy New Year to you and yours. The beautiful Sunday. Hopefully it's beautiful where you are. Uh, before the break, Vanessa had a question for Jerome and uh, Curious Minds wants to know what it is. So Jerome, I mean, uh, so Vanessa, the floor is yours. No, it's, it's, it's not important. It was why Jerome was talking about the topic so now people will understand the question. But um, and, and guys, let me, let me correct Jay when he opens up in the show for me. It's not that I'm just a CNN and MSNBC watcher. I'm retired, so I don't have anything to do but look at the politics that's going on around the world on different shows that's going on and then turn around and research it. Jerome and I have these conversations. I don't usually have them with Jay. So I said I avid, okay, Vanessa. That means you watch those okay. more than the others. <laughs> no, just listen, Jay. Just listen. Sometimes with those different stations in the U.S. Mm -hmm. don't necessarily broadcast what Europe thinks about us. So, therefore, you have to get into another channel. So, now I'm wondering, Jerome, the other stations and channels, what are they saying? Because what I'm hearing on my side is is that they think they're going to hit Europe because they're the closest before they hit us over here. And then yeah. the next 
so I want to know what you think about that. And then the next thing is, do you think that the, that the group of eight, which does have Democrats in that group, do you think that they're going to come up with an excuse or a reason to try to back this president like they've been doing to get his butt out of this jam? Because nobody knows why he or where he got the information from to hit this man, to shoot this, to get this man killed. Where did he get the info? Who told him where the person was to do it? Why did he, like, pull the trigger and didn't tell nobody? Because he got Democrats that's on that eight. And I sure want to know what's going to happen with that. Are they going to defend him? Or are they going to go ahead and take his butt down for this? Well, what do you okay. Think? Okay, so the last the last part first is that we, we have intelligence. I'm sure, regardless of who the president is, our intelligence is still kind of top-notch. We're still pretty much working with, you know, allies and partners all over the world, probably. So they probably knew who he was. It's like knowing, uh, again, you're talking about they hit a guy who is equivalent to our Secretary of Defense. So you know when the Secretary of Defense goes someplace, we know where he is. So the world knows, right? Because they will bring a big entourage. They have CNN. They have dead people following them. So they actually hit somebody who's in their government who is just as high as our Secretary of Defense. You hit a cabinet member. So you hit him with a drone. Now, not like other countries don't have drones. So the, the problem is, is that when you watch and worry about the U.S. being under attack, you're going to see people take shots at people who are U.S. officials, possibly. Or they may turn out our power grid. Because Iran still has the capabilities on the technical side to actually, and they've, they've infiltrated our systems before. I think it was in 2013 and a couple of other times that we know of that it was the Iranians who did that. Again, you're not dealing with a terrorist group who's running and hiding inside of another country. You're talking about another country who has better resources and reconnaissance. So the... Um, as far as that's concerned, we probably have an eye on a lot of people. You know, CIA, you know, Army Intelligence. We probably have a lot. So it's, it's, it wasn't probably hard to find who he is because he's visible. That guy hides in plain sight. I mean, he doesn't really hide. He's a, he's a U.S. I mean, he's a formal cabinet uh, uh, member of a, of a nation. So it wouldn't be hard to find him. Secondly, yeah. the... Um, the fact that New York City had to go on lockdown, people in Europe, people in, I mean, I'm saying U.S. interests all over the planet, whichever ones are most vulnerable, and especially places like Israel. Now, although they take shots at Iran all the time, they never assassinated somebody who is a cabinet official. Because you're, ask, you're asking for really good retaliation for that. Because I'm sure if somebody would have t- taken Pompeo out when he was traveling, we'd be all up in arms. You know, that's but war. Did you yeah. see what he tweeted but, the 52 <clears throat> saying that if you do something to Americans, you do anything right to an American, Please, don't don't American. Did you but The problem is that they're cowards. You can threaten all you want and say anything that you want. Iran took down their regular flag and put a red one up. Right? So when companies, when countries what go to war, they let you know that they're going to war. And the thing about the media that you asked about is that when you look at media, media is used to covering. And they're kind of covering for this. They try to de-escalate it because now every country is watching our media and news outlets 
But in the foreign papers, especially places like the BBC, who is not government-owned, those guys are going to tell you what is going on on the ground. So whether you're watching the Telegraph or reading the Telegraph or the BBC or even Irish Times and all of those other foreign outlets, they're, they're going to start giving you a little bit more information about what's going on in other countries because U.S. interests, like I said, it, Israel is, is pretty much, they, need, they probably are on a lockdown because, because if Iran has, and I'm, I don't know this one way or another, but let's just say if Iran has um, access to the Palestinians, for example, because we kind of leave them out in the cold all the time, every time Israel does something, at some point, they probably have embeds over there. So whenever a U.S. ally, if, if you take the focus off of one ally, they may take a shot at another vulnerable one. And we can't say that they don't have nuclear. They, they're ramping up their nuclear program. We tore up our agreement. So we don't know if they had a stash or if they have a relationship with China or India or somebody who can get them nuclear weapons. You don't know what they have. And even though they don't have nuclear, they can still have chemicals. So we, we open up a Pandora's box of possibilities. And I, I hate when we as Americans always look like we are like, we, we act like bullies. We only think of things from one way. But we have to think of it as yep. if somebody hit us, what would we do? They're, they're a sovereign nation. So what the possibilities um, that they have that they can do they can bring war to the United States. We freaked out over 9-11. But the truth is, they can probably hit us here, too. And we need to deal with that reality when we start causing, going, flying someplace else. We didn't hit them in Iran, but actually, we, we killed a um, cabinet member. So you might, it's like the same thing. So the alert is just as high as if we hit somebody right in their capital. And, and my panels I mean, are going to be like, it's time for the Iranian people to stand up. It, they're going to well, jail around them now. You know, they didn't yep. have a nation that all was bonded together. But you can't hit people who are in elected office and think that that's okay. Yeah, you, you're right about that. I mean, uh, you know, they're talking now that even though folks who are in opposition of what the government's doing, everybody is kind of rallying around this whole thing, you know, because of this once again, impulsive move that I have to show that I have the bigger muscles or the bigger weapons than you. It's it's just ridiculous. And and to to, to have a foreign uh, policy, uh, uh, you know, to have a foreign policy, uh, uh, what do they call doctrine like this? It's just ridiculous. Mr. Elias, we didn't get your comments on this, man. Real quick, man, give me give me your thoughts on this. I want to move on to something else. Give me your thoughts on what happened with uh, with Trump, and you know, what do you think about that move? Well, you know, something you knew it was coming, man. I mean, it was it was it was inevitable because he was going to an impeachment, man. I people are scared to say it, but I I'm not. I think he's going oh, to really? an impeachment. Oh, really? You think that's why he did it, huh? To get the focus off yep, the impeachment. I Interesting. I never looked at it from yep, that perspective. I wow. do. I do. I do. Oh. I mean, he said the same thing about Barack Obama. So why wouldn't it be in his mind to do it? So I'm not scared to well, say it. I think he got it to get the, get the focus off impeachment. Like I agree. Said, the Congress comes back. They come back in session next week, so now they got to deal with this instead of deal with that, man. It's so, and, and it's a, it's a re-election. Man. Come on, man. You know, you already got his base talking about how Obama kissed Iran's butt, and he's he's kicking their butt. You know, it's it's, it's it, it is what it is. 
You know, for those who said Obama, he didn't, he didn't work with the with the Republicans. He he tried vehemently to work with the Republicans. That's why I can't understand. He reached out and said he wanted to be bipartisan. He wanted everything to be bipartisan. He did it too much for me. Because at some point in time, when they told me I'm gonna try and make you a one-term president, I would have never reached out my hand again. But hey, that's just me. But that's that's how. I well, that's it. that's it. That's an interesting perspective you put on that man. I mean, the fact that he's, you know, like I said back in, I think there was an article back in 2011 where he talked about, you know, uh, he's going to do this because he's trying to get reelected. Then there's also a clip where he were asking him questions in 2014 about, you know, this general that he killed. He didn't even know who the guy was. I mean, this guy was running for president or was thinking about running for president then. Didn't even know who the guy was. Just once again, Americans, thank yourself. Take a bow because you have an idiot and a nutball in the White House. And thanks to you fools, he's there. All right, so let's move on. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. January fourteenth, uh, there will be. I think that that will be the first Democratic debate of the of the new twenty twenty season. I think it's the last before the Iowa before the Iowa uh, caucus kicks in. Here's the deal: it looks like there will not be a face of color on that stage, and now people are in an uproar behind that. And Vanessa, let me uh, let me let me start start off the first segment. Let me start this off with Johnny. Johnny. Uh, People are complaining about this, saying that this doesn't represent the Democratic Party. What are your thoughts on this? Because I think my thoughts on this is going to be a little bit different from my colleagues. But let me hear what you have to say about this first. What do you think about it? You think this is a good thing, bad thing? I mean, talk to me. It's The, the whole process has been a mockery to, to me. Um, now, if I'm not mistaken, okay. I think uh, I, I, I think Yang is still in it. Um, I don't think he, I don't you think know, he's I, I made the. Uh, I think he's made the. I you're think he's made the, the debate. Three, so he, yeah, and he's still, he's still in the race. He's still, he's still in it, but he he won't make the debate. Uh, I, well, I so far I don't think he's qualified yet. Now, I, yeah, I, I I have I have stopped looking at at, at the debates. Um, I didn't look at the last one and probably won't look at any any of them moving forward. Uh, like I say, the, the assassination of characters and, 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 and viable candidates is, is uh, becoming all too common where everybody's up there playing politics and not focusing on wow. the, 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 the real agenda. And, and I'm just kind of at this point in time, I, I've, I've lost interest, not necessarily in right. seeing this criminal uh. office, but I've lost uh. interest in politics of it all once the the field weeds out and, and we get to the primaries in this state here um I, I would have solidified whom i plan to vote for but as far as the lies and the rhetoric that they spew on television every time that a microphone is in front of them just to hear themselves talk and just to cater to a certain degree of constituent uh, the politics of it is, is, is depressing to me. Uh, and like I said, until until the Democratic Party gets a message, a solid message, I, I still say that 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 um, it, it's my prayers that this criminal will be gone. But the truth of the matter is, is that there was a viable candidate candidate on the Republican side. The the Democrats may very well implode. And none of them will be in office at the conclusion of this year and January of next year if the Republicans had a viable candidate. Wow. 
That's uh, interesting. Okay. Uh, Vanessa, uh, what about you? What do you think? You think this is uh, people are complaining, saying that now all of a sudden they're looking at the rules and saying the Democratic Party needs to change something up. You know, this doesn't represent the Democratic Party. You know, the Democratic Party, the strongest the strongest backbone or the backbone of the Democratic Party are African-American women. And yet, there will be four white folks on that stage January 14th. And if Andrew Yang, I think he has, I think he's met the, I think he's met the, um, the money, but I don't think he's met, I don't think he's where he should be as far as polling. And I don't, I don't know all the specifics of how they judge that, but uh, I think he is on the outside looking in at, at this point. So what do you think, Vanessa? You think this is a whole bunch about nothing? Well, what, do you, what are your thoughts on this? I was looking at the five that qualified, but let me say uh-huh. this, and I'm going to say it again. I was just looking at the five that did qualify on that. I was pulling it up. But you know what? Okay. Cory Booker has been on every show, every time somebody put a mic out with CNN, Cory Booker's on it. If they got any questions about anything, Cory Booker's answer the question. Cory Booker has been begging for donations. My deal is, and I'm going to it again. If you want black people or people of color on the stage, I suggest that you go and put $5 on their book. Because you know what? People can sit back and say, they ain't got no black people, they ain't got no black people, they ain't got no black people. But black people don't never want to donate nothing. They can go and buy a Starbucks and do whatever they want to do because it's their money. But when it comes to donating to these different people that they want on the stage, they won't do it. I don't care if Cory Booker's up there. I don't particularly like Cory Booker, so I'm not going to donate any money to Cory Booker because I don't want Cory Booker to be running. You know, I'm not going to vote for the president, so therefore I'm not going to give him any of my money. But for those people who are going to need a black person on the stage, if you're not opening up your wallet or pulling out your debit card, then y'all need to shut up because that's the only way he's going to get on that stage is if he qualifies. I told you in December, Jay, that it wasn't true with all, meeting all of those different factors in order to hit that debate. I, I said that in December. And they were saying, no, it, the rules didn't change for January. No, they haven't. They had to do all of that stuff in order to qualify for the January debate. And ain't nobody getting up out for no money. And Cory Booker has been so much as to say it out loud. Y'all, y'all need to donate. I need some money. I need the people to do it. The man is begging for it. But ain't nobody doing nothing. So you know what? I don't care if it's a black on the stage. I'm just saying. I could care less. Because if you want one up there, open up your wallet. Hmm. Just saying. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, that's, you said it. <laughs> what about you, Mr. Elias? Your thoughts? Well, Jay, um, wow. You know, um, I, I, I'm, I'm in the same field as Johnny, man. I have. I looked at the first two or three debates, man, but after that, I stopped paying attention, man, because it was a it was a fiasco. To me, it was a backstabbing event. They never talked about the issues. So, you know, I I I just stopped really paying attention. Talk about the issues. Talk about health care, which is what's gonna get you elected. That's that's you know, talk about how they're trying to rob and break pensions from the American people. Talk about the real issues instead of stabbing each other in the back. We've become a people of stabbing people in the back and hurting people, man. I, I, just, I don't understand that. How is the sensational this of, of, of what Donald Trump does, you know, if, that, if that's what America likes? Come on. So as far as having an African-American on the stage, 
You know, um, if we had another Barack Obama up there, something like that, yeah, I, I, I would see it. But Camilla Harris, I did not like. Cory Booker, I did not like. I kind of like Yang, with some of the things he says, but, you know, I'm still undecided about who I want to vote. I want the best candidate for the job is what I want. And if it, if it, well, if it does not have to be a black person. Amen. Okay. Uh, Jerome, uh, your thoughts, man. What do you think? Where to begin? <laughs> um, ask, me, ask me a question. I don't really have a I, I don't really have a thought. Ask me a question about it. Oh, did I lose Jay already? No. What did you say, Jerome? <laughs> what did you say? To no, I said I said ask me a question. My th- I have many thoughts. Ask okay, I'll ask you a question. I'll ask you a question. Here, here's a question for you. Here's my question for you. Bottom line is, is this is that. All these people agreed to the terms at the beginning of the process. And so now that the process has gone on, now the process is in full effect. Now people are not getting on stage. My question is, is this, did they not think about this in the beginning? Did they not understand the rules? Why did they want to change the rules up now? Because what it looks like is that it looks like people are crying over spilled milk. That's what it looks like. And, you know, and my, you know, I have to stand corrected here because I thought I was going to be the only one to say what, <laughs> what Vanessa just said. I mean, listen, hey, you talk about, you know, everybody cries about how Trump has gotten to office by the Electoral College, right? And, you know, because he lost the popular vote. So we're saying, why don't we go back to the pop, why don't we just use the popular vote? Well, I mean, isn't that the same thing here, Jerome? I mean, okay, people are speaking up. Folks saying we don't want to see you on stage. Maybe this is what the Democratic Party is all about. Well, I don't really... Okay, so it's not that I believe one way or another that there should be black people on the stage. Because like LES said, I don't think I would have supported any of the people who were there. I think the party is... The question is, do they need diversity in their conversation? Yes. So when people... There it is. Yeah, so when people look at like Hillary, for example... Hillary wouldn't address anything that had to do with black people. But you know when she addressed something that had to do with black people? is when she ran against Obama when she asked him about Minister Farrakhan. Because she was throwing black people in his face to get white folks not to like him. It's the only time she brought up black people. People recognize that. So you have a bunch of candidates who won't even acknowledge black people. So we're saying you need diversity on the stage because y'all not organically bringing it up. So some of the candidates whether they're the people who are in their um, campaigns, they need to talk about that. They need to say, what is it that we're not doing that we need to reach out for a diverse population because people are saying they have no representation. And the Democratic Party, although the guy who runs it is, I don't know, is he Hispanic? The guy who runs the Democratic Party right now, he has not done it. His name's Perez. I yeah. think he probably is. I don't want to sound racist, uh, but... Yeah, I don't, yeah, because you know you know there's a difference between being Latino, Hispanic, and <laughs> speaking Spanish, I guess. So the thing is, is that you, those guys on the Democratic side don't like to acknowledge black people at all. There's no diversity over there. And, it's, again, it adds to the bigger picture of white supremacy and why we don't feel included. 
And when you don't have anybody who's black on the stage, we can guarantee that it won't even be asked. Obama barely addressed black people. He, uh, his whole thing was all, uh, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats or something, whatever that nonsense was. That, that, that's as close as he got to saying he was going to help black people out. If I help everybody, black people automatically going to get help. And the Democrats use that as a measure of how we address um, population. Now, the Democrats will go after and help LGBT folks, and they'll go help, you know, different offshoots of different Hispanic folks, don't ask, don't tell, DACA. They'll do that. Nobody wants to address black people. So I don't even understand the question. Like, see, that's, what, that's what's hard for me to even address the question. Will black people on stage make them do something that has anything of value for any of us? Probably not, because Cory Booker wasn't representing us like that, and Kamala wasn't really doing it. They were just black. Uh, but see, you know, Obama did give a major speech for uh, for a, a race speech, and I think the reason why he didn't step out because people didn't want him to be like, I don't know, I think it was strategic with President Obama, to be perfectly honest with you. I really did. Yeah, it had to be. Because he had to, he had to appeal to that white audience as well, right? He had to because they're racist and crazy. That was the point. He couldn't he couldn't do it because the only way that he can actually flow through the Democratic primary was for him not to address it. That's how scared they are to address it. So being black don't make you address black people's issues. They got a bigger problem than having a candidate be the black candidate. Right? It, I'll give you, um, I, now I can't remember who said this, but um, it, it was, uh, I can't remember who said it, but it's like saying Jackie Robinson was a good person to go into Major League. He was the first black person in Major League Baseball. But he was a he was the best black person to go in at the time. Now you couldn't have put, um, you know, some of the other really good the people who were better than him in there because they probably would have been fighting every time somebody tried to spit on him or something, right? They were the best person for time. Obama was the best person for the time. The next black person need to come in there needs to be like, you know. Kwame Ture or somebody like they need like to come you? in there. I think it was Kwame like, Ture. Like, <laughs> like you. But Chuck D is smart. No, let's not make them seem like they're just kind of, they're pro-black, but they're smart. It, but I'm saying like somebody like that can govern. So somebody needs to come in there and, and actually understand what is going on in the community so that they can address some of those things. Because unlike what well, just like what Trump did, he went in and pardoned all these crazy, crazy folks, right? The guy who cr- created military crimes or who committed crimes, he gets him, um, he, he actually pardons him or whatever he did. He stopped him from getting fired. Obama should have went in there. That was a military crime. Yes, but, but if Obama would have went in there and said, listen, Asada Shakur, we are, I'm going to pardon her. He should have done that. There's nothing that would have stopped him from doing that. There were, um, the, the president of Jamaica asked him to pardon, um, um, uh, what's his name, Marcus Garvey, who died years ago. He could have did that. He knew that those guys were unjustly prosecuted. But did he do that? No. Because he did not want to be seen as the black guy. And he is the black guy. You know what I mean? So I, I'm, I wasn't, normally I won't critique him specifically on this because this guy now is just lawless. 
But I'm just saying that it's it's tough. So when you talk about the Democratic Party understanding anything that has to do with black people, I'll tell you that you are that's a that's a long term fight. We have a lot of work to do. That's <laughs> all so I can tell you with as far as that's concerned. Hey, Yeah, and a lot of African Americans were saying the same thing about them. Uh, You know, that's why a lot of people were like, you know, go ahead and you know, do do to do what a normal black person would do. Hey, listen, these black people, I want to take care of them. And he was trying to look at it from a different perspective. Go ahead, Mister Lewis. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, I mean real quick. Think about the hypocrisy of Trump. Okay, he talks about the intelligence community and how he doesn't trust them and the deep states and all this other stuff. Yet still, he's the same intelligence community that he's relying on to bomb Iran. It's, 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 if you don't trust them, why are you relying on them? The same people that you said that uh, fake news that that uh, Putin didn't <coughs> interfere in the election, you're, you're you're fighting so hard against it. It's the same people you're relying on to bomb Iran and get your intelligence your intelligence information from. I don't get how the American people are duped into not believing that. That this is what this well, guy's doing. You know, is, is maybe crap. it's not dupeness. Maybe it's not being duped, Mr. Elias, but you know, you you and Johnny said something I thought was interesting. You guys didn't look at the last Democrat y'all are looking at the Democratic debates. I mean, people tune out. And like I said, even when I tuned out for about a week and some change, you know, the world didn't come to an end. I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, obviously everybody's dealing with personal stuff, but I'm just saying overall, you know, I mean, you can, I can still afford to go out and do things I wanted to go out and do. So it's like, how do you get people? Most people won't react until there's something that really affects them. You know, when 9-11 hit, everybody was like, oh my God, it's still on the same page. But when, you know, people are getting promoted at work and all these different things, they're not putting together, hey, listen, if President Obama would not have been in office in 2008 and nine, Donald Trump wouldn't be experiencing the growth that he's experiencing now. Donald Trump continues to tell the lie about, oh, my God, I inherited a bad situation. Uh, unemployment is at, you know, 8% or 7 Think about where it was before President Obama came into office and stabilized the economy. So they're not putting two plus two together. Because there's no way, if Donald Trump would have come in office in 2008, man, who knows what would be going on right now. He doesn't have the intelligence to make those types of decisions. You have a guy that's your chief uh, advisor that they found writings of this guy with the skinheads. Yeah. And people yeah. think this is okay. Nobody's tuning. People are tuning out. It's so much. They're just tuning out. So what does that leave us as a nation? I mean, it's crazy. This is nuts. Nobody's paying attention to what this fool is doing. And he'll have one. Oh, he, oh, he was, I was a bad guy. He took, took out. Fool, let me tell you something. And, and I always try to break things down where it makes sense and try to make it simple. You know, you get a guy that steps up to the plate in baseball. He's swinging at the fence, right? Every damn time he takes it, he's not thinking strategically, well, wait a minute, maybe if I hit a single in right field, that's going to advance the runner from second, from first to third, put him in scoring position so we can win the overall game. This fool, nope, I'm trying to knock it out the park. And those guys, yeah, every now and then they'll get one out the park, but they lead the league in strikeouts and every damn thing else. My point is, a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. 
But don't let this guy who swings for the fences all the time think that's the way it should be. Stop it. Think. Be smart. This guy doesn't possess any of that. Then he's bragging to his boys. This is the president. Hey, hey, watch your phones, boy. Something big's will happen in a couple of days. Just, you know, you just tune in. Listen to that. How stupid, how ridiculous does that sound? Start a wall. <laughs> how ridiculous does that sound? Hey, just, you know, keep your, you know, he's talking on the cell phone. Everybody and their mama's listening to him. I mean, this is nuts. Hey, people, oh, my God. Right, we're going to step out and take a break. This is ridiculous. We'll be right back on the other side. This is Serious Side. You're listening on the TGRS Radio Network Online Radio. It's best. Stupid dude. The serious side continues after a short break. It is the best Sunday morning online radio show, period. Hi, I'm Jay, the host of The Serious Side of the TGRS, and I'm asking you to come join me and my friends for some serious conversation before you go to church. It's The Serious Side of the TGRS. Happens every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the BTR Radio Network.
memo from inside the campaign, the Buttigieg campaign, detailing a focus group with black voters, some of whom uh, didn't like that he was living with his husband. And the report concluded that, quote, being gay was a barrier for these voters. Is Mayor Buttigieg's Buttigieg's struggle with black voters in your state of South Carolina because he's gay? Well, that's a generational issue. Uh, I know of a lot people my age, you feel that way. But I will say this, Dana, my own grandson, who is 20, I think he's 25 years old, <laughs> that guy is a big, beautiful guy. Uh, and of course, uh, he does it because he believes in the guy, not because he's gay. My grandson. But for older uh, African-Americans, it me, is an issue? Yes, it is. There's no question about that. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you otherwise, because I think everybody uh, knows that's an issue. Uh, but I'm saying it's an issue not the way it used to be. My own grandson is very much born. He is a paid staffer working on the campaign, uh, working on the campus of HBCUs throughout South Carolina. Uh, and so he doesn't care what anybody my age Thanks. is. Back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. As I mentioned at the top of the hour, uh, at what well, top of the show that we had some technical difficulties. So you're listening to some of the breaks from the last show uh, when we were on air in 2019. 
which is probably be an appropriate segment or segue into what we're going to talk about next. But before we do that, as we always do, let's say good morning to our panelists. Say good morning to the very lovely Vanessa May Belly from the McAnally. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Good morning, everybody. Happy New Year. We knew you to you as well. The educated brother, my man, Mr. Uh, Johnny D, and the place to be. What's going on, Johnny, man? Good morning to you. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, I tell you what, um, some very good dialogue. I, I'm, I'm sitting here just uh, I tell you, it, 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 it's stimulating. It really truly is. So once again, this is an opportunity to learn and grow for me. And just thank everybody for, for being here and helping me develop. Oh, man, hey, listen, ditto. Goes back and forth, brother. Give and take. Uh, the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Esprit's in the house. Good morning, Jerome. How you doing, brother? Hey, good morning. I'm good. Hey, and this is a message to Vanessa. She asked about the foreign headlines. Here's one in the foreign paper. Iran threatens the White House. Tehran, uh, Tehran ups the ante by promising a crushing and powerful retaliation on American soil and U.S. Uh, military sites. Um, and brands Donald Trump a terrorist in a suit. <laughs> That's what those okay. papers are. Okay, and, and, and I saw that, and Donald Trump responded saying, we have 52 eyes on things over in Iran, and if you do anything to us, we will blow them up. Did you see his Whatever. response that, to that? that said, rhetoric is rhetoric, but we will not that stomach this country of being hit like that. that. Yep. He is crazy. <laughs> well. He's there. That, that's for damn sure. All right, the man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the man who's really, you know, coming to step up to the plate, man. Kevin, good morning, Mr. Elias. How are you, brother? I'm doing well, Jay. I am doing well. And, uh, you know, just want to let Mariana Music know that that is looking in the mirror by Felipe. And good morning to my colleagues, Vanessa. Thank you, Vanessa, Jerome, and Hulk. Sir. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Um, I'm not sure if the chat rules up. I know I didn't open it up, so I don't know if yes, you had an opportunity to. If you want to say hello to some folks yes, in the chat, is. okay, you can definitely do that. Uh, Covina, Covina Man and Boba Bright are the only ones that are in there this morning. All right, what's going on, guys? And, of course, I didn't go out on social media. I'm sorry because I didn't anticipate Mr. Elias being here. So um, I know there are a few people listening. I know that uh, the past is in the house. Marianne Music is probably listening from wherever she is in the world. Uh, and I, you know, and I, I can't think of anyone else. I apologize. But we love you all. appreciate you listening. And, uh, you know, hope, hopefully everybody had a safe and wonderful 2020. All right. Uh, continue the conversation right here on the TGRS Radio Network Online Radio. It's best. You know, uh, one of the things, a lot of people were very complimentary of our end-of-the-year show, but there were a lot of things people said we left out that we didn't talk about, stories that we touched base that we talked about here on the show, but we didn't, you know, go after them. And one of the stories that kept coming up over and over and over again was the fact this whole thing with uh, Jesse Smollett. Uh, that was a story that uh, we covered in 2019, and we didn't really we didn't talk about it, you know, the last show of the year. But now that things have kind of shaken out to where they are now, it'd be interesting to get everybody's take on it at this point. Now that you know, even though they they didn't charge this guy with anything, I don't think they charged him right. Or did, did they? And they figured out. I forget what the, the outcome was on that. Uh, but uh, they're showing him you right know, now. It, the the brothers, the two guys that supposedly were the ones who jumped him, said that hey, he, they were in coots with him. And then you know, so think about the turn of events. So think about what the police chief said. And now you know he's uh, he got fired. 
So, Mr. Elias, you goes to that region, man. Your thoughts on that whole thing. And, uh, you know, it was one of the big stories of 2019. That's for Dongo, sure. But, you know, there's just so much going on. You just, you know, you can't fit it all in a two-hour show. Well, bottom line is that they are there. The city of Chicago is suing him for the overtime that they had to use to investigate the crime, so the so-called crime that he was charged with. Uh, so that's what they're doing. And uh, Eddie Johnson, the chief of police of Chicago, got fired for yep. uh, the, La- the Laquan McDonald. He, he did some foul stuff on Laquan McDonald's case. That's the 16-year-old that got shot in the back uh, by the police. So they they found oh, really? out some stuff that he did. I didn't know. I didn't know the details. Yeah, yeah. They found out some stuff he did in there that was pretty foul. So they didn't release the details, but yeah, that's where that one is. And you know, like I said, man, um, Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle said it best, man. If anybody watched Dave Chappelle stand up, he called him Juicy Smollett. And uh, hey man, he 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 took it to the next level on it, man. So, bottom line is that you know the city of Chicago is suing this man to re- recoup the benefit of their uh, their loss, and he's fighting it. He's fighting vehemently. He's still saying that he he was jumped. So we'll see. Yeah, I don't know how you can hold on to that story when the brothers come out and said that hey. You know, he worked with them on it and showed them checks that he had paid them. I mean, it's crazy. And, you know, I, I went back to listen to that interview when he was sitting down talking about this. Well, why didn't you call the police? And he was like, well, you know, because I don't want to be a punk. You know, I don't want them to think they can control. I mean, it sounded so far-fetched. But, you know, hey, that's just my opinion. Jerome, man, what, what about you, man? That story is a big story. I know we had some, I think we had a little bit of different approach to this thing. Now that everything's kind of played out, what are your thoughts on it? Or do you have anything you want to talk add to it anyway? Um, well, my thoughts didn't change so much with um, all the irregular, irregularities that, that went into the story and how crazy it is. I, I don't believe for one bit that those two guys were in cahoots with, with Smollett because it seems really strange that if you commit a crime as an accessory to a crime, you're still going to get charged. So they were let off, which says to me that the police had... Um, um, cut a deal with those guys just to bring charges against Smollett because it, it's this is how stupid suing somebody for resources is. It's like going to jail and then them charging you to house you. <laughs> like that is stupid, right? Let me out, then you won't have to charge me rent. So it, it, it is just a way to retaliate. It's an OJ all over again. That you know well. the guy gets the guy gets released. Uh, or found not guilty, right, uh, of killing him, but we made him responsible for it. There's all sorts of ways of always skinning a cat. Like, you can always go back and make somebody look guilty when they're not or put suspicion over them. That It, it, it seems too shaky. They let those two guys off hooks, which, which just sounds to me like there was something else going on that we don't know. And it looks like he's probably going to be back on Empire and he's doing a little bit more cleanup work, so he may be coming back to Empire as well, which means that there was something else going. Well, okay. Uh, what about you, Vanessa? What do you think about that whole Jesse Smollett? Now that everything's kind of all, now that the dust is clearing, I mean, it, you know, we still have to deal with that situation, but the dust is clearing. What do you think about that? 
Okay, so since I'm known as the negative Nelly of the show, I told y'all he was guilty from Jump Street. <laughs> I said it, but everybody else was like, no, I don't know, let's wait to see the proof. When he uh, I didn't said say that. He was, I, no, no. When he said he really was jump, he wasn't lying. He really was jump. He just paid them to jump him. Okay? So, I think <laughs> that the lady, so he didn't lie. He did. But I think that that lady, the DA, whoever she was, that his mama was on the phone talking to, I think she should be fired. And I think that it is stupid that the city of Chicago is suing him a waste of time when you got a whole bunch of white women who run around and say the black men raped them and it wasn't. It was their lover or whatever. So that's what I think. I think he's guilty. I think that the lady who let him off should be fired. And I think that the city is stupid for suing him for $100,000 or whatever it was of extra hours. And I think that they are just using him as an example because there is so many white crimes being done that white people are doing and they're blaming it on black people. So that's where I am with that. Well, all right, Johnny, man, round it out, man. What do you think about that whole Smollett situation, man? Now that the dust is cleared, the police chief has been fired, uh, you know, the people have said, the two brothers said, hey, you know, this guy paid us and showed him checks. Signed from Jesse Smollett to them? What do you, what do you say? Well, I tell you what, let, let's let's talk about the police chief who, who gave a, a revelating, um, you know, speech when he had his 15 minutes. And yeah, it was. the reason why he was fired is, is, is because he, he continued that that culture of corruption uh, by the Chicago PD uh, with the new mayor and being deceptive and misleading. So those were some of the things that, that, that she fired him for. As far as the Jesse Smollett uh, case, you know, the, the, the charges was basically deferred prosecution. So... It, the DA took a hit because I think there was some relationship that she may have had with was it Michelle Obama James or or somehow or another that they, they, they tried to to link her to someone of high profile. Well, they said she had a relationship with his family. Yeah, yeah, okay. with his family. So she did deferred prosecution. And, and which, uh, if I think I remember correctly, he had some community service and had to pay a fine. So it wasn't the fact that he didn't, he he, he did not um, get charged. And to be honest, I didn't think it was a, a, a major story because from the onset, uh, I, I felt like he had embellished the story. I mean, some things you can't make up, and then some things are just too elaborate to be real. And the way that yeah. he went about it, um, you know, and I and I and I know for a fact I, I said that from, from from the onset. So I didn't really think it was a big story, um, you know, with, with all of the things going on, you know, uh, children, you know, seven hundred, I mean, seven million children with, without Medicare and, and 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 health insurance. You know, he was the least of my concerns in regards to, you know, major incidents. And, and like I said, I really felt like, you know. The 2019 really showed the accomplishments of, of, of women, and with, with him, you know, I, I just didn't think that he was significant enough. He, he, he basically conjured up something so he could be 
more than what he was and try to have a, 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 a standpoint. I mean, you know, like, okay, the gay guy who fought back. That's pretty much how he, he staged that. Like, I wasn't going to let him do this. Like, he's some tough guy, you know, and the whole time he's acting. So I, I just thought that it, it was an embarrassment and an insult and just wasn't that big of a, a story, to be honest. You know, another story that people uh, that listened to the show responded back out, and I just try to take the few. We can't get into all of them because there were a lot of stories we missed. They talked about we didn't bring up anything about R. Kelly. Uh, you know that uh, that was another story. I mean, interesting enough. <laughs> you know, our shows are usually politics. You know, it really kind of revolves around politics. But it was a story that we covered here on the show, and and uh, people talked about that. The fact that you know we didn't talk about our bring. That was one of the biggest stories based on the social media uh, stuff that I was able to gather um, after reading some of the comments after our year-ending show. And and you know, let me let me uh, let me start with you on. Let me start with you, Michelle Yes, on this one. Um, yeah, this is a situation I think was long overdue. I mean, it was you know, I mean, there had always been rumors about R. Kelly, and, and so now you know he is in jail. And whoever I hear the woman who gave him that money, uh, the bell amount. Now her restaurant is closed down or something because people found out who it was. And and I mean, once again, you're kind of close to this situation, man. What's happening with that whole thing? And he's still in jail, as far as I know. Right. Yes, he is. Uh, the woman that bailed him out, um, she lost it. She even lost her bail money with him because uh, of course. some technicality that they, yeah, yeah, there's some technicality. So yeah, they, they and they they stopped supporting her restaurant. So yeah, um, man, it seems like you know this this guy anything he's touching right now is cancerous, man. And you know, look, man, he married Aaliyah at 15. Because according to the, no, she, I thought she was younger than that. Well, she, I thought she was fifteen and she was pregnant. So, yeah. So that's the reason he married her. So I mean, this guy has man, it, it's been rumored for a long time that this guy had been out there doing this stuff. So hey, man, you know, I just thought it was, I thought it was just really crappy that somebody would do this to children. You know, how could you, you know, and, you know, you hung out in the high schools and a woman that, that, that was his voice coach, she told, she sat up there and said, I told Robert that he needed to leave these young girls alone. I'm thinking to myself, wow, where, where was the parents at and where was, where were you at doing all of this stuff? It's just, I exactly. Don't why didn't I, you say, why didn't you turn them in? I mean that's crazy. Don't, right. don't, don't try to don't don't, yeah. don't come up with this. Oh, you know I tried. Am I trying to? The person who really blew it. I think there was one of his former advisors who kind of opened this whole thing up, and that's the Viren R. Kelly situation. You know that's the type of person that needs to. You know you you, you sit here and applaud. Not to do what I told. I told Robbie she be messing with these young girls. I mean you told him that. Hey, are you serious? Mm-hmm. Get out of here with that nonsense. Get out of here with the nonsense. What about you, uh, Johnny, man, on this, man? This whole thing with R. Kelly. That was a story that people said we didn't cover. We didn't talk about the year end. It was a big story of 2019. Still in jail. Um, your thoughts? Yeah, you know, the, the, the show itself, that, 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 that uh, miniseries uh, or mini documentary, um, it, it was revealing because there were some things that uh, – you know, came out of that 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 was more confirming. But you know, you got to yeah. think in the African American community, we probably been talking about for the last fifteen years that that he needs to be locked oh, up. Yeah. So to us, may, yep. maybe it wasn't as as big of a story, 
uh, you know, again, that kind of confirmed and, and enlightened me to even more uh, in regards to how egregious it was. But, you know, I, I know I've been saying for at least 10, 15 years that this guy need, need to be need to have been locked up. So he, he never yep. was a, a great interest. You know, we, we, we talked about it on the show because that was something that was going on. I think we did due diligence to the R. Kelly as well as to Jesse Smollett. But when you start looking at the big scheme of things, was that really, uh, you know, something for, for, for yeah. a year-end show as far as, you know, because I, I remember yeah. the topic was favorable, favorable, you see? And that's mm-hmm. kind of the way I, I looked at it. What was favorable yeah. for the year-end show, you know? Uh, so that's kind of my thoughts on that. Yeah, no, that, that's what people, yeah. And like I said, I went back, y'all didn't talk about it? I'm like, wow, okay, well, listen, we'll take a few seconds here to talk about it. What you, uh, uh, Vanessa, with R. Kelly? I'm sorry, yeah, guys, you're ready for church. I'm, 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 that's okay. I, I, I think it's horrible. I don't feel sorry for him. Um, I do feel sorry for that lady who lost her money, but then, look, you know, the crew she's putting up stuff up Why? for, but... I mean, well, well, but, but see, here's the deal. Why would you? This is how he got. Listen, one of the girls on that documentary talked about how she would go to the courtroom, and I mean, and she would stand outside and, and you know wave at R. Kelly when he was going, when he was, you know, when he was uh, being tried for that whole that first situation. I mean, but then she then she got caught up, and then she crying. I mean, listen. Okay, don't so be. I, I mean, it's it's, to, it's almost the same thing like Trump. You listen. It, if what did it say? If it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, damn it, it's a duck. <laughs> I mean, stop with this. <laughs> Jay, wait, wait, Jay. I feel sorry for anybody who has worked hard for what they got and made a mistake, and trusting and believing in him, and she lost her business. I'm sorry. I that don't. lady got tied up in that. No, I'm sorry that that lady got tied up in that. She didn't commit the sexual acts and stuff. Mm-hmm. She just did something. No. Okay, I'm just saying, I could care less about uh, the finger. I, I, he's a pervert, and I went back and looked at it, and he's sick. But I do feel sorry for that lady who lost her business. I'm sorry. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel so sorry for stupidity. Well, That's like you I feel mean, sorry people vote for Trump. Stupid. I feel sorry for people who voted for Trump. No, I don't. You're stupid. Don't don't. I mean, it's dumb. I mean, no, 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 no. You know what, Jay? No. I even feel sorry for them. You know why? Because we have all no, made. Jay, please let me let me say this on first Sunday before I go take communion. We have all made mistakes in our life. And it is written in the book that we would have a president like Donald Trump. Now, and it did. And it even states that we would be getting into a war with Iran. It's in the book. So you know what, y'all? We're just going to have to hope that those people that were idiots to vote for him, I do feel sorry for him, including my classmates, that they have enough sense not to vote for him in 2020. But guess what? You still got Satan people that's out there that's going to vote for him because they like war, like somebody else on the panel said this morning, and some people like the racism that he is portraying. Those are the people, yeah. Jay, that mm-hmm. be going to church and kneeling and praying that those people get that kind of hatred out of their hearts. Now, oh, I'm not my not myself, 
Well, I'm, I'm going to pray for all of y'all. I'm not perfect. What you say, man? Mm-hmm. Some of, some of those evangelicals are the ones that's kneeling down and praying. The same ones that voted uh-huh. for Trump are still kneeling down and praying. I don't get uh, it. Hold on, see, Trump has done it again. Trump has done it again, see. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, now. I mean, you know, we we Trump has done it again. I mean, this, and see, this is why n- nothing else gets on the show because he bleeds into it and then it pushes everything off the table. So, okay, I ain't talking about him now. Forget him. Uh, I want to give Jerome an opportunity to talk, give us give us something to R. Kelly, and then we got to go because that guy. This is this is. I mean, it was we fell right into it. We fell right into it. This is how he controls the narrative. We fell right into this was this have a damn thing to do with Trump, and then it ended up talking about Trump. I mean, this, this guy is toxic. Yeah, he's toxic. He's toxic. He's toxic. This guy is crazy. What about you, Jerome? Man, they pulled him over the Christmas holidays, Jay. They pulled away from him. The evangelicals. Who pulled away from him? They Jerome, help me out here. The even the Christmas the magazines. That had that had Donald Trump. Well, yeah, you say stop. No, 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 no. We're not gonna let him do this. We're not gonna let him do this because this is what's happening. He's bled into this conversation. No, 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 no. We can talk about okay, that next week. Give question. me your thoughts. Okay, let me ask you a question. Okay, good. I'm glad All right, the boys in jail. I'm glad the boys in jail, and I feel sorry for the lady. Okay. <laughs> we disagree on that. And, and All right, what about uh, this whole thing with her, man? Talk to me. You know what? I have nothing for R. Kelly. You can move on, as far as I'm concerned. I got nothing. Okay, well, look, we can we go to commercial. I didn't say anything. I mean, that's it. it. I mean, we... And um, I'm no wow. R. Kelly fan. Never have been. So everything I say will be biased. So I don't. I have. I have no. I didn't follow the story. I saw the new program that comes on, um, Surviving R. Kelly. They have another series. I have. I, I don't know. There's another series. There's another yeah. series. Came out. Yeah, about it just started. Um, what? I I saw I saw the beginning of maybe like 10 minutes of it um, a few nights ago but there's another series oh, part two of surviving r kelly that just started you gotta be joking wow no unbelievable I think it's on lifetime wow i i feel sorry for well i was going to say i feel sorry for the parents but i don't feel sorry for the second set of parents what's well, his, his wife said his ex his ex-wife said that she's suing a and e because they put her in there, and she didn't. She told them she didn't want to be in it no more. Because they were approaching her kids, and she uh, said she didn't. She, oh, but she sat she, down for the interview. I, I mean, she's shaky too, man. I, I've seen her on a few occasions. I saw her on YouTube cussing like a sailor. Hey, they all of them are shaky. They, 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 it's just a bad, bad mix, and it's unfortunate that 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 happened. And and you know, his kids in the middle of that, and you know, hey, I don't know, man. It's it's sad that people will follow that guy off the face of this planet, you know. And I was going to say, I felt sorry for the parents of one of the girls that's in captivity, but I really don't because, you know, once again, we talked about that when we did the show, how they, they, we went up to the stage, we wanted to talk, we talked to the record company people, and they they assured us that there would be somebody there with, with, with him at all times with our daughter. I mean, Negro, if you have to have that conversation up front, don't you think you're doing something wrong? If I got to talk to, so okay, now, wait a minute now. I want my daughter to be famous, but she can't be alone with Mr. Kelly. Can y'all make sure of that? Are you you crazy? I mean, the stuff that people do is comical sometimes. 
You can't see the forest through the trees. You can't make up your mind. You, I mean, are you? Oh. And but, you know, I didn't. You know, because R. Kelly was my favorite. R. Kelly was my favorite. You know, my thing. You know, they took me to an R. Kelly concert for my birthday. Negro, ten years after he almost went in jail. Come on, like like Johnny D said in the beginning. Everybody in the black community has seen that videotape. They knew it was him. When the guy say Robert, yeah. Oh, that ain't me. What? Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh Jesus. All right, listen. We're gonna step out and um, we're gonna. Matter of fact, we're not. You know, we'll step out, take a quick break. Um, then we'll come back. Jerome, you ready, man? For your piece, man, because we're going to go straight into that. I mean, are, are you ready to, to, to get into it? Or... We're kind of doing this on the fly, folks. We apologize. Jerome, you ready for your segment? Because I want to come straight to you after the commercial break. Is that okay? I guess I guess he tuned all the way out. All right, we'll take a real quick break, and we'll be right back. Uh, after this, you listen to the serious side. <clears throat> Thirst quenching, chill, kind of average, and only but goody, but it could never be the average. Guzzle it, sip it, let it flow. You know the speeds. We're gonna have a hell of a time with drinks like these. Dazzles on election night and a Tell me what you want me to do. Allegedly just to the flag of the United States of America. Ready or not, here I come. You can't hide. Here it is. It is time for the first edition of my favorite part of the show on a need to know basis with Jerome Street, the first edition of 2020. I should say, Jerome, man, what's going on, man? Happy New Year. Yeah. I can't wait to hear what you have for us. What's happening? Did we lose Jerome? Uh-oh. I don't know. Jerome? Maybe, maybe the Jesse, maybe the R. Kelly story really uh, took him back. Who knows? All right. Well, listen, let me see. Can I step in? I tell you what, 2020 started off with a bang. All right. Let me uh, see if I can uh, find some stories here real quick while we figure out what's going on with Jerome. 347-850-1272. Let's, uh, let's just scan the news and see what we have here. Meantime, while I'm doing this, um, another story that people said we didn't talk about uh, towards the end of the year was the Bill Cosby situation. All of this is pertaining to folks who who have got locked up and, and the fact that a lot of people felt that Bill, Bill Cosby uh, should burn in jail and rot in hell. And there are a lot of people who support Bill Cosby saying, ah, no, he shouldn't. Um, but I saw I saw Bill Cosby when I thought that thing happened in 2018, not in 2019. Am I wrong about that? That's why I said, well, I don't think that's right. Um. Okay, man. I can give it up. <laughs> Say what now? You can give it up, man. Let your, let let the professional do what they do, man. Oh, I give it up. Okay, well, there he is. Man. All right, Jerome, you back? Bad, brother. Yes, sir. 
Sweet Pea is, but Pernell Whitaker passed. Yeah, man. He yeah, was, from the Great Olympics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He he was he was uh he was the man. So if you don't know, go look mm-hmm. up Pernell Sweet Pea. <laughs> Pernell Whitaker. Um Christoph St. John, the actor, passed away. Um singer mm-hmm. he, um I, I guess he was kind of jazzist from jazzy a jazz musician, Doctor John, but he did some pop mm-hmm. stuff. Um, Rip Torn, um, Tony Morrison, of course, the author, Tony Morrison. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peggy Lipton from the Mod Squad. You want to talk about shows mm-hmm. that we had on TV when there was only three <laughs> channels? <laughs> the Mod Squad. Yeah. <laughs> Diane Cara, of course, uh, uh, the great, great actress Diane Cara passed away. Um, actor Tim Conway, everybody kind of talks about him from his Carol Burnett days, but I'd like to remind people he was on the Richard Pryor show, Tim Conway. Yep. And, of course, you know, we had uh, Nipsey Hussle, you know, out of the hip-hop world, as um, Congressman Elijah Cummings, um, director John Singleton, and actor John Witherspoon from the Richard Pryor days as well. But John Witherspoon yeah. also passed. So I just wanted to start the show by doing a few notable. There was a lot more people that passed, but I just wanted to quickly do some. And now there there were new laws that kicked in at the beginning of the year. So as um, travelers await to board planes by using their driver's license for identification, uh, must have complied with the Real ID Act. So states are required to yeah. check. Yeah, check um, an applicant's records to verify their identity before issuing new licenses. So it has to have a star in the upper right-hand corner and and incorporate features, making them harder to forge. Now, New Hampshire allows change to your driver's licenses um, that it issues after the beginning of the year. And residents have to have that mark. Uh, I'm sorry. Residents can have a mark. Uh, for their sex, instead of male and female, they can have an X on their license. I have no, nothing else to say about this. But for people who don't want to identify, <laughs> you don't have to identify mm-hmm. your driver's license in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. All right. And by the way, I just got my real ID. I, I was not going to do it because I have a passport, but I ended up doing it anyway. But anyway, you can't travel with your, with your license unless you have that. Or you can't travel out of the country, generally. All right, so more than 20 states and 26 cities and counties have increased the minimum wage. Some of those states include Florida and Ohio, and increases um, are automatically adjusted to the uh, amount for inflation, to account for inflation, while um, the raises in other states, such as Michigan and Arkansas, are a result of legislation passed by the state houses um, or ballot measures approved by voters. That's according to Economic Policy Institute. Now, at least eight states will start collecting new or increased freeze on electric vehicles as a way of um, um, getting some lost revenue from a gasoline tax. Now, here's, here's, now, now here's what's stupid wow. about this, right? So they're saying if you have an electric car, we're not getting gasoline tax, so we need, we need to put tax on electric cars. There's a reason that we had a gasoline t- tax. And that reason is not caused by electric cars. But anywho, really? guess what did it? Alabama, Iowa, Kansas, Ooh, Ohio, cool. Oregon, Utah. They're all set to enforce changes. Uh, also, Hawaii um, and um, who else? Illinois. There was two 
Democratic states that actually put a set ten for fees. And um, the case of Alabama and Ohio, those new fees may reach may reach two hundred dollars. Alabama. And Ohio. Wow. Right. So you make something that's cleaner for the environment, and um, they you get penalized for it. Yeah. Lord, yeah. Now, um, California has a data privacy law that will take that took effect that effectively give consumers nationwide control over their personal data that companies collect and sometimes share with other companies. So if the consumer asks for it, um, many companies are now required to hand over your personal data that's been collected. And you could also ask them to erase it. So customers can, can request it and have that data erased. Now, it's called the California Consumer Protection Act. And uh, it allows companies that do business in California as well as com- com- uh, companies in other states that sell to California residents to provide that service. So if you yeah, know your yeah, company simply- provides services in California, you could call them and say, I want to see my data too. That's, that's similar to the new GDPR law that they passed in the U.K., where the U.K. folks have, you know, I mean, it's similar, very similar. So, I, I, man, wow, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in North Carolina, there will be changes to uh, fill out um, mail-in absentee ballots. So the change comes after the ballot fraud investigation that led to a do-over elections. So the new law is will keep information confidential about people who request absentee ballots until they actually vote on Election Day. So if you don't know about the story, you can go down to your board of yeah. elections and find out who has absentee ballot. They sent out people in North Carolina to visit those people and give them fake ballots and say, give it to me. We'll put it in for you. Mm-hmm. So now you can't even get the names of people who request absentee ballots anymore, which is good, until the day before the election. Wasn't that, wasn't that the Republican Party that did that? Yeah, though? it sure was. The ones that always claim about claim that, you know, we're, that, 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 you know, we're trying to steal the election or... That you know the, the election fraud and all this other stuff. Yeah. Funny to me. Hypocrisy here. Yeah. yeah, It was it was the Republicans, and again, that's their thing. If they can suppress votes and get people not to vote, then they can keep power. I don't know. I don't know how they blatantly cheat so much, and then people who support them think that it's okay. I really don't get that. Mm-hmm. All right. Now in Hawaii, restaurants must offer something healthy to drink as a part of. The standard option for drinks when it comes to children's meals, such as low-fat milk, water, or juice with no sugar added. Now, this is crazy because milk ain't that good for you. Or, I'm sorry, milk's not good for you. But it's interesting that they put that on the list, that you have to have that for kids. That you must have milk on the menu. All right, now, New York State becomes the latest state to end money the money bail system which um, critics are calling uh, wealth based incarceration right so on Wednesday the state eliminated the money bail for um, all misdemeanors and nonviolent felony cases so the new law could free thousands of incarcerated people and it did free a lot of people already but there are exceptions including case of sex crimes and domestic violence and violence and witness intimidation or tampering or terrorism-related charges, amongst others. There are exceptions. So in New York State, they're panicking. We have a news story here that one of the, that a judge 
actually made some statements um, against that happening. But he can't change it. But the truth is mm. that um, in all jurisdictions, they started using arrest as w- ways to, you know, raise money instead of a tax. They would just say, if you go to court, you pay this bond and you can leave. So people who couldn't pay the bond ended up pay, um, ended up in jail. So it became wealthy people never went to jail, like Epstein mm. and those guys. And the people yeah. who couldn't pay it, you know, went to jail. The other people didn't get prosecuted. So um, in Oregon, they're the latest state to ban single-use plastic bags in grocery stores that require shoppers yeah. to bring their own bags or pay a small fee for paper ones. Now, they're um, following in the steps of California, Connecticut, Delaware, Hawaii, Maine, New York, and Vermont. I don't get that law either, but never, never mind. Now, law enforcement yeah. officials in Florida will begin writing tickets for drivers caught texting and driving. Now, I already thought that was against the law, but... Okay, so tickets will be $30 for non-moving violations, which means you can't text while your car is running, stupid, and $60 for moving violations. So the fine will go up even more if you're speeding. In Massachusetts, and that's a similar law, um, later in the year, starting February 23rd, that drivers in the state will be banned from texting and generally using their phones while driving, um, although Bluetooth and hands-free modes are still allowed. Mm. Again, again, we thought that was kind of a no-brainer on the on that, but anyway, really, yeah, I guess they still had to do a law, right? Now, mm-hmm. a new state law in Oregon that went into effect allows cyclists to treat stop signs or to treat stop signs and uh, blinking lights as yield signs. Now, I didn't notice; I haven't ridden a bike in a long time, but apparently, the biking laws in Oregon was that if you are riding a bicycle. You had to stop at stop signs, and you had to stop at red lights. <laughs> I would have been in jail a long wow. time ago. <laughs> Who thinks yeah, of doing right. that? So they had to, they changed the law that David. says that cyclists have um, do had to. Well, the law was that they had to abide by the same traffic laws as um, vehicles, but now they changed it and say that you can ride through stop signs. That's now okay. This hmm. is where. I don't believe in big government. <laughs> I'm like, if you can't slow down, there's something wrong with you. All right. Now, um, California becomes the first state in the United States to ban employers and school officials from discriminating against people based on their natural hair. It's the Crown Act. It makes it legal to enforce dress code or grooming policies against hairstyles such as Afro braids, twists, and locks. So that law also went, went into effect. What do you want to say, Jay? Wow, that's good. Well, that is good. All right, but we have time for one more, brother. Give me a good oh, one on the way out the door. All right. Well, I, 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 you can go in overtime if you want, but yeah, we, we we definitely got to close it down at, at the top. All right. So I, I'll just say this. Um, streaming services like Spoopy and Apple now account for 80% of the U.S. market, and so that's where the most of the revenue is coming in for music. It accounts for 80% of the overall revenue is streaming services. I just never, never thought I'd say that. Still want to buy a record. Wow. Well, yeah, really. <laughs> still want to buy a record. All right. Get stuff I still right. want to buy a record. All right. That is records. I know that's right. All right. It's time for Final Thoughts. Johnny D, man. Uh, final Thoughts, brother. Mm-hmm. I promise you, Johnny D, Johnny you might get here. Maybe he's 
Yes, yeah, he's here. What a show. All right, he's here. Uh, final thoughts is he loved the show, and he's glad to be a part of the show. All right, Jerome, <laughs> and final thoughts. We know what he's thinking. It's a great show. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right, Jerome, final thoughts real quick. All right, well, my final thought is everybody have a good year, and we will see you again next week. That's my final thought is about the whole show. Peace out. Absolutely. <laughs> my man, Mr. Elias, man, get the first and last word, brother. Final thoughts. Hey, look, just get out and vote, folks. If you don't get out and vote, you don't have a voice. I've been taught a long time ago, you got to vote. If you don't have a vote, you don't have a voice. So vote. Well, that's a good one. If you have a voice, you know, have a vote. There you go. If you don't want to vote, you got to have a voice. I'm with you on that. I'm going to leave you with something here real quick. I'm going to try to pull it up here. Hopefully I can find it before the time runs out. Uh, we're 60 seconds out. Um, and it's something that I used to put out a little thing that had uh, thoughts of uh, that I would put out during the course of the week, and it was a little place people can go and get some inspirational quotes and thoughts and things of that nature, and uh, looks like I'm not going to be able to find this before time runs out. Okay, listen, all right, we're going to step out. It's It's been a hell of a show, uh, way to kick off 2019, 2020, I should say, uh, with technical difficulties and some of the things that we have, but you have to understand that we, you know, regardless of what's going on with us from a personal standpoint, we make it a point to try to get here and uh, spend time with you and let you know how we feel about you. So, and on that note, Mr. Elliott, it's time for us to get out of here and roll with Mr. Elias. It's Sunday, and we're talking serious stuff. What time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the day. Wow. Folks, it's been a pleasure to serve you as always. So for Vanessa, for Johnny, for Mr. Elias, for uh, my main man, Jerome Esprit, I'm Jay Roush, and have a great work week. We'll see you next week. And if it's Sunday, we're talking serious stuff. It is the serious side. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network.